up. <laughs> All right. Okay, so it is officially October, and we're kicking off our inaugural season, basically just talking about the horror film genre as a whole. That includes, you know, thrillers, slashers, anything that goes bump in the night, really, I guess. Uh, we're going to talk about some good movies, some anything horrible movies. Anything that goes bump in the night? Anything. Anything, Peter. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but uh, we're starting off the podcast with an awful awful movie and i understand people might like this but we i think all three of us can agree we hate it it is the happening by m night Shyamalan, starring mark Wahlberg, zoe de chanel and john leguizamo i i mean this was in my opinion the nail in the coffin that m night had basically lost it that his he was just gonna be putting out shit after this right i mean yeah I mean, Lady in the Water was awful, but every director can put out, like, a bad movie. Did this not... <laughs> was this not your nail in the coffin, Peter? It's hard to say when you when you start out pretty strong, and then... With Sixth Sense. And well, yeah, like, it's, like, Unbreakable first, right? Oh, and, yeah, and Unbreakable. Then, so, like, favorite. that was good, and then we got better with Signs. Not Signs. Sixth Sense. And then after that, it was we started coming down. Yeah, but and I so feel like this this didn't seem like as bad. But I feel like Signs and um, and what's that other movie that came out? Oh, in the Village, those are about on par for me. Like they're about the same in terms of quality. And then Lady in the Water kind of just like I don't know what that was, and you know I didn't think anything of it. And then I left I left the theater of this movie kind of just mad because <laughs> it was bad i mean i don't know do you think you got do you think m night realized this i would yeah. hope so i mean i just remember before this movie came out this was such a big deal it was m night's first r-rated movie but that was the only big deal like that's what all the no. trailers were saying it's like an m, m. night Shyamalan's first but, r-rated film but that was a big deal because everyone up to that point all of his movies have been kind of tame because they weren't rated r so everyone's like oh what is he going to do with an r rating you know and i will say that i'm more inclined to see a movie when it's rated r Right. I don't know if that says anything well, about me well but especially I, a horror movie though right right but i, I would say that with any movie but no, I uh, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Honestly, I mean, I associate PG thirteen with thirteen year olds as being the target audience, and hence the thirteen. Right. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate, but nah. I yeah, I agree with you. But more specifically, with horror movies. Like, if I knew they were coming out with the next Friday the Thirteenth movie, but they were like, it's gonna be PG thirteen, I wouldn't go. Like, like I wouldn't hard. have to see. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even need to see the trailer. I'd just be like, I'm not going to that. But regardless, yeah, that was the big buzz. Plus, the plot of this movie, the plot of this movie sounded so good of just people are killing themselves for some reason. You don't know why. And it's just like in the trailer, it was all these gruesome ways that people were doing this. And I mean, one of my first complaints about the movie is all the big, scary, like gross deaths were in the trailer. Yeah, right. And I, I was intrigued that the trailer really got me. And but that's the problem with modern day trailers too, is I feel like it, it spoils away. a lot of the movie. Yeah. Before we uh dive into this shit sandwich, uh I, I here's some interesting facts I found about the movie that I truly did not know, even though I could have if I just looked on IMDb, because yeah. that's where you find these things. Mark Wahlberg 
in 2010 came out and said he regretted doing this movie. Okay. He openly was like, yeah. One of the quotes is like, yeah, man, plants. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> that is, it was just him laying into it about like, yeah, I don't know what was going on in that movie. Well, he was not channeling good acting chops either. Yeah. Well, he quotes, he's like, I wanted to be a science teacher instead of a cop or a crook. Like, that's in his quote. And it's just, I mean, I guess up to that point, that's all he was cast as. Think about it. So go go into the other guys. And the scene after they've broken up, him and Will Ferrell, they broke up, and then they're coming back together after like being adults. Right. And then he's telling Will Ferrell about the guy that he met that can piss in a urinal from like super far away. Oh, like, from like 30 you feet? You gotta see it, Alan. You just gotta. That scene... Is how he acts the entire movie, and this is supposed <laughs> to be this is supposed to be a serious movie. You think I'm kidding? No, but he has the same look in his eyes the entire movie <laughs> of the happening. That's so true. <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes of the other guys, though. You just gotta see it, Alan. You yeah, just gotta. but it works because it's funny. But this is supposed to be serious. But he has that um, deer in headlights look. Oh and man. Oh, but so what, the so. only other like real fact was related to this statement because what got him to say this was someone was interviewing him because they found out Amy Adams was offered Zoe Deschanel's part. And Amy Adams gave a hard no. She passed. Why? And, and Mark Wahlberg's response was, yeah, she really dodged the bullet on that one mm. and kind of just started tearing into the movie. Who do you think would have been a more believable couple, Zoe or Amy? I mean, neither. I don't know. They don't seem very... There's no chemistry. It's hard to... Zero chemistry. <laughs> Yeah, it was tough to watch. It's oh my the gosh. writing's so bad that I can't even really tell it's, you what her character's supposed to be. Yeah, it's Ed Wood level like bad acting of just over the top B like not even B rated horror like B horror movies. It's C or D. It's weird and awkward. Oh, okay. I I really want to know the people that like this movie. More facts. More. <laughs> I don't have any more. There weren't really that many other than it was shot in like you know Philadelphia because. For some reason, M. Night refuses to not film in Philadelphia. Like that's part of his like contract now. Is Maybe he has, he has a film. restraining order from the city. He can't leave. He's wanted for questioning. I, like I saw that it would. Like he said, it was his easiest movie to film. And it's oh, that's God. just like that's when true. Sam Smith said that him oh. writing the James Bond he did in 20 minutes is like super easy, and it's not that good. Yeah, it's not that good. This movie's not that good. So you shouldn't yeah. be saying, oh, it was the easiest movie ever to film. Yeah, it was filmed so in like... Natural. That's a red flag. Yeah, <laughs> it was filmed in like 44 days or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's dive into this nonsense. The movie starts with a weird just staring at the clouds opening, uh, which I thought was a weird choice, solely because if you're going to tell a movie about people dying randomly you know everyone committing suicide why not show some of the people like show people walking up the street just having a normal day like set up the tone of an average day but it is right because they're watching all the the clouds clouds. they're they're going around (laughs) weird stuff you're listening to james something howard newton howard's music and it's like what is happening and you're already thinking the title you know and i actually did a, a count i did a tally of how many times the name the happening was said in this movie, and I believe it was said six times in this movie. It, oh, gosh. Yeah. And they like so many synonyms of things like happening, or there's an event, 
There's a yeah. thing going there's, on. Yeah, there's like six people at different times asking, is this really happening? Or there's like, there's a billboard at one point that's advertising for a neighborhood. I laughed at this. Did you see it? It yeah. says, you deserve yep. this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> little, little on, well, I say a little on the nose. All that stuff through the movie is on the yeah. nose. But the movie opens up with that weird, and it's you know, credits of the clowns. The start. Well, credits at the start. Is this Mark Wahlberg is listed before the title. Was that like you think he asked for that? No. Well, so it was also as uh, M. Night Shyamalan wrote that character for him. So maybe he's just got a thing for uh, Marky Mark, or what's the um, the burger joint or something? Oh, Wahlburgers. Yeah, like maybe he just loves Wahlburgers. Maybe Donnie should have been in this movie. Where was Donnie? Wahlburgers. But regardless. I said it once. It's <laughs> <laughs> the one word you can't say. Hey, I only said it once. Uh, it's actually been twice. Is it twice? <laughs> it's twice. Yeah, oh, it's okay. gosh. I have okay. accounts over here. Yeah, me too. Oh, oh dang. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Anyway, the park opening. We come down from the clouds to this park. To and who? It's... it's these two girls reading on it. Well, one's reading and one's crocheting or something. Not only two girls, but yeah, Peter. it's yeah, it's uh, what's her name? It's Kristen Connolly, who's Cabin in, in the woods. yeah Cabin in the Woods and uh, House of Cards. Great before she was famous. Yeah, <laughs> this I mean, really she's not, like super. Famous I think this now. really took her career <laughs> off. So <laughs> these two girls, I'd like to point out the part in the book that one of them is in. I don't Claire uh, is yeah, is the friend. Um, they're talking about the the killers are deciding what to do with the crippled girl. Yeah, that's one of the first things you that hear. was weird line. I I didn't understand what was happening because I've never been reading a book and just been like, oh, I forgot what part I'm at. I've done the whole oh, I've zoned out and need to reread the page again. But yeah, yeah, especially when one of the signs of you about to kill yourself is you forgetting. And, yeah. and it was setting that up as if it's a normal thing to be like, wow, where am I in this book? Yeah. So, oh, and so, I mean, that's a perfect segue to the Kristen Connolly's character starts looking around. You hear weird screams in the background, and she delivers a line that's, ha, that's weird. Those people look like they're clawing at themselves. No real reaction. She's just kind of observing. I guess it's Central Park, you know, meth heads everywhere. Everywhere, needles. (laughs) But then you're right. The girl starts spazzing out and takes the... uh, hair clip like long hairpin thing out of her neck and slowly stabs it in did not like that that's why girls wear those in their hair I'd to tie their hair up or to kill themselves <laughs> <laughs> dual purpose I, I meant to kill themselves I'm just keeping along with the creepy theme <laughs> but you know go talking about the signs and they reappear throughout the whole movie so apparently it sets up like a flash mob everyone freezes and then people start it's walking a, backwards. Yeah, and it's all against one person. Oh. One person is being is mocked. unaffected. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. I mean, how awesome would that have been if they had incorporated flash mobs into this movie? To where at one point Mark Wahlberg thinks everyone's suffering from these symptoms, and then they just start singing a Michael Jackson hit like all the other flash mobs. It <laughs> might have been better, really. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> at at this point, Th- that would have been actually a great opening. Ooh, that would have been to trick you. Yeah. And then later, you it's like a misdirect. When were flash mobs relevant? Uh, was that after this movie came out? I feel like it nah, was. They yeah, were, they were relevent for yeah, cause it's like a few years. And, like, I was watching YouTube videos of flash mobs. Yeah, for a while. Around there. There are some weird ones. I'm glad those died out. But, <laughs> yeah, just I also noticed when the friend 
stabs herself in the neck slowly. And you guys know I have that thing about necks. That I hated that scene immensely. She, again, the friend has no response. She's yeah. not scared. She's so not running. Is that supposed to be like, oh, she is now taking over? Because it hit everybody at different times. I don't really understand the walking backwards part. Yeah, neither do I. I guess it's messing with their brain. I, I guess we'll never understand it. I know. I was wondering what was happening. Ah, see what we did there. How many more times? We cut. I hope he continues. So we go from the girl stabbing herself in the neck and the friend kind of not really reacting, cuts across town to classic New York construction workers where we cut in to the end of what seems like... Three minutes later. Yeah, three minutes later. But we cut in to what seems like the greatest joke ever told by man, but we don't get to hear the beginning of it. Right. (laughs) I tried to... I I went back and tried to listen to it and be like, what is this joke supposed to be about? I Googled it. I Googled it, and all it said was the, like, it said that that was in the, the happening. I don't think it's a real joke. I legitimately think the writer wrote out a ridiculous punchline and was just like, ah, they get it. It's construction workers talking about stuff. Let's fill everybody in. What was that punchline? Oh, I didn't write it down. It was, uh, welcome to Jamaica. Have a nice day. (laughs) was the punchline. That sounds like in and of itself a punchline. I hope. See, I got the reaction that they got in the movie, so (laughs) it's pretty funny. I I think it would have been incredible because they tell the punchline and they all laugh, and then you just see a body drop in the background. I would have loved it if that joke was so offensive to one of the construction workers, they're not even acknowledging the body. They're like, oh my God, Tim just (laughs) fell. He's like, no, 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 no. Go back. What did you just say? What did you say about Jamaica? (laughs) And it turns into this whole tension thing, people just dropping from the roof. But yeah, that's that's a weird scene too just because it's them thinking their friend fell and then they just look up and it's like the scene from Fantasia where the brooms are coming down the stairs but it's just these guys walking off the roof. Yeah, because he's like, oh, it's Frank. What Frank? And it's like, oh, David? It, it, yeah, I'm, I give this construction worker credit. I mean, it... I've seen you guys a lot in my life, and if you fell off a building, it would take me a second to realize it was you. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy knows off the, just off of it immediately, just, oh my God, that was Frank. <laughs> and that guy in that 10 second span showed more emotion than oh, Wine the rest of the, in the whole movie. No, all Mark Wahlberg does is whine in this movie and ask questions. Scientific method. And then, he's, <laughs> <laughs> then he tells everyone he's a science teacher, and that's supposed to mean something. But yeah, yeah. I'd like to go back to. I, I think we had recognized Peter jumping off the cliff. Well, he'd be wearing a cardigan. Because, that would be the signifying, like the cardigan. We'd the see the cardigan. <laughs> oh, I, was I would see his, the cardigan. His long flowing locks. <laughs> <My> um, <laughs> no, he'd have the construction helmet on, but he would still have the cardigan. <laughs> construction Peter still comes with a cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> a safety cardigan. <laughs> a safety cardigan. <laughs> he might be wearing a hairnet too. I don't know. I yeah, maybe. I don't work hat. in a cafeteria. <laughs> uh, so the construction worker looks up, sees all the guys falling off, like you said, shows emotion. Is he, I think he says it was like, what in God's name? Quick cut. Mark Again. Wahlberg's a teacher in a classroom asking these kids if they read New York Times. They're supposed to be 15 years old reading the New York Times. Well, That's How he delivers it is incredible. He legitimately is just standing there just going, you guys, did you hear about this? Read this in the New York Times? The bees. They're disappearing, man. 
Like, you read about this? <laughs> Millions of bees. <laughs> Incredible. Just off the face of the earth. I've I never had a teacher address me like that. I feel like a lot of effort went into making him look like the coolest teacher <laughs> oh, yeah. ever. But then have more than half the movie, he's not in the classroom, so it was irrelevant. Oh, yeah. Well, so I'm going to bombard you with a lot of teacher questions, okay, John. Okay, sure. Because you were a math teacher. Yes. Did you ever openly insult one of your kids for their appearance? Being too attractive? Yeah, so he, yeah, to catch the listeners up, while we're in the classroom, Mark Wahlberg's wanting to know why the bees are disappearing, and he thinks these kids got the answers, I guess, and they're giving him all these suggestions, and one kid just doesn't want to voice an opinion, so he singles them out. He's like, why don't you care about science? You know, I know why, because your face is perfect. That is a direct quote. He says that kid's face is perfect, so he doesn't care about science. You cannot say that to a student. You cannot say that to a student. No matter how cool <laughs> of a teacher you think you are. Well, it depends you know, I, what school this is. Like, is it a public school? It looks public. Well, f- he must be getting paid well because his house or wherever he oh, lives yeah. is swanky. Maybe Zoe Deschanel's character's got a swanky job. Yeah, we don't we don't learn much about her. No. Um, but Mark also, the vice principal comes in and he's like hiding from her. Oh like, yeah, trying like, to Ooh. like act like yeah. No, but his answer, the student's answer, is super uh, deep and foreshadowing. Oh, it is. It gets repeated. Yeah, like, he does repeat it, it later. He's like, well, maybe it's just something of science and nature and stuff, and we'll, you know, we're just never gonna have the answer because someone's like, it could have, it could be disease. He's like, yeah, but like, it's all over the place, and there are no corpses. It's like, well, no, no disease, you know, maybe good thought. Like he's trying to give all the students like, yeah, you know, nice, nice thought, but I don't yeah. know. They go through all of them. They do global warming, pollution, um, uh, some sort of like disease amongst the bugs. Yeah, they do all of them, which brings me to one of my biggest complaints with this movie. There's a lot of flaws. The fact that it ends up being the plants is stupid. What they should have done is the whole movie should have happened and you just don't know what's going on. Like, you do not know what's causing this. He said happened again. Mm -hmm. Counting happened. (laughs) Counting them happens. But you know what I mean? If the entire time, because they do a good job where they constantly turn on the radio and people are giving different ideas. But as the audience, we already know it's the plants because like 30 people have said it. Yeah. If you didn't know that, that gives you such an interesting thing to work off of, of you're trying to wrap your mind around of like, oh, maybe this is a terrorist attack. Maybe it is, you know, uh, the nuclear plants are causing some sort of pollution thing. You know what I mean? Like, you would have let your mind run with it. But no, it's got to be plants are attacking us. And I think that was the, the beauty of the trailer is that you didn't know it was plants. And so it looked really yeah, intriguing, so seemed- really interesting. But the actual movie wraps up that mystery pretty quickly. Yeah. So back to the classroom, like you said, the vice principal comes in to grab Marky Mark and uh, grabs all the teachers and basically lets them know that they believe there's been a terrorist attack in Central Park, to which Mark Wahlberg's response is, Central Park? Why Central Park? Does nobody know how terrorist attacks work? They question why attacks happen in parks like six times in this movie. Like terrorists are going to attack a place where there's a lot of people. Central Park has hundreds of people in it at any given time. Like, why? I'm nitpicking, but that just bugged me. Anyway, so obviously they dismissed the class, dismissed school or whatever for the day because terrorist attack, I imagine. But before they all leave, they have to recite the creed of a scientist. Oh, yeah. They got to give us the... Yeah, they got to give us the scientific theory so when Mark Wahlberg goes through it later, we won't be like, what's he doing? 
regardless. And who is the principal of that school? Yeah. It Do you was, think uh, he wanted the day off? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> it's Ferris Cameron Bueller. Yeah, Cameron. Ferris Bueller's day off was the principal of this school. Wasn't yeah, that a scary Did you catch thought? that? Oh, yeah. I just made the joke. <laughs> oh my bad. I didn't. I didn't even connect those two. It's, it's another level, you know. Yeah, like we're, you're we're, you're past. This me. movie brought us down, and I'm elevating us. So, so the schools let out, and uh, Mark Wahlberg and the newly introduced John Leguizamo, who's the math teacher, and they're buddies because they're best glasses. friends. And he loves statistics. He loves, he loves statistics. Just like John. John, that was exactly what you were like. I kept thinking, why is John Luzamos casting this? It needs to be John Girdler. Well, right. He, he, I really related to Julian. <laughs> yeah. John, what's the statistics? The, the likelihood that that would happen here? You guys wouldn't understand. I probably wouldn't. I'm terrible at it. Well, we, John didn't do that in the movie. <laughs> but they're leaving the school, and we get the whole, you know, introducing them as friends. And John Luzamos... And uh, Mark Wahlberg start talking about Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel's like relationship, and I think his, John Luzano's character is Julian. I think he drops one of the weirdest lines in that moment. He's like, "Listen, I'm your friend, and I shouldn't be doing this, but I accidentally walked into the wrong room at your wedding, which is a terrible way to start I, yes, a story." Yes, I thought. <laughs> yes, I thought it was going to be like, and yeah. something happened, uh, but. It ends up being, yeah, she was crying. She wasn't ready to go through with this wedding. And How does he know? Yeah, she's not ready to go through the wedding, and she's not going to be ready to go through anything. How does he know that that's what was happening? She could have been having a bridezilla moment, and her and her mom got in a fight or something. Well, we also don't know how long they've been married. That's true. Like maybe he'd been holding on to this thought for a year and a half. Yeah, Or like six months. Yeah, <laughs> or it was two weeks ago. Like We really don't know. Yeah, the timeline's not very clear. But... Jump cut. Mark Wahlberg gets home. Zoe Deschanel, now finally being introduced into this movie, is watching the news where we get an incredible exposition dump by the news. The whole movie is that way. We yeah. see the it cut to the news over and over. And they're, just, and they're just explaining it. Right. Like they would know so quickly. But it basically gives the spiel of how the plants are attacking us. They haven't said plants yet. But it's basically, if I followed it correctly, it's there's a toxin being released that disables the survival instinct part of your brain, which doesn't make sense to me because that would make me uninhibited, right? Not, oh, I should just kill myself. Yeah, it's almost like it reverses it. Yeah, but yeah, so they but they make it sound like it just turns it off. But regardless, we get that whole spiel to which Zoe Deschanel responds with, "Just say people are killing themselves." Which I think is a pretty fair response. And her first avoidance of Joey. Yes, oh, Joey. Calling her. I want if they make a sequel, I want to follow Joey. I well, want to know more we about were following Joey. Him. That was M Night Shyamalan. Oh, it oh, you're right. Yeah. I saw that. He was the voice of, of Joey. Joey. And we never seen him. It was the first movie he didn't actually show up in, but he still had a cameo. I think that was the biggest mystery of this whole movie. Not anything that was happening, but who was Joey? Yeah, and, and what what does we only had tiramisu mean. Oh, yeah, you're, you're jumping ahead a bit. But, yeah, tiramisu is the love dessert. I don't know if you know that. Uh. Do you think, <laughs> not to get too political, but do you think if this movie had been made now, they would have made some weird, like, Trump comment of, like, Trump addressing me, like, you're hearing about people dying in Pennsylvania. It's fake news. Everyone's fine. <laughs> Just say people are killing themselves. <laughs> I think it would have fit right in. That'd actually be incredible. <laughs> but yeah, Mark Wahlberg comes in. 
Mark, yeah. One of my favorite moments when he's like, I'll pack up in two minutes. Two minutes? Two minutes. And then he puts on a ring. And I thought, at first I thought it was a class ring. I thought it was a championship ring, yeah. Yeah, or something. I was and like, it's well, that's mood. kind of a dumb thing to bring. Yeah, it's and a mood ring. And you find a mood ring. <laughs> Which is important later. Um, it, when we get to that point, I have something to say about the mood ring. that make, like It just doesn't make any sense. But that ring pops up for no good reason a few times throughout. And then the end, it's supposed to mean something, I suppose. But it's awful. I'd also like to point out when he says he'll pack up, he literally grabs, I wrote this down, he grabs <laughs> two shirts and puts them in a bag and then calls it a day. So he, no, he's like, no he, he free balls it, man. <laughs> you think, right. Mar- you think Marky Mark's wearing underwear? No. It's Elliot Moore. Like, he's a biology teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, once he packs up, another jump. They do a lot of just jump cuts because they're yeah. immediately at the train station. And I guess, oh, I guess we didn't clarify. The reason they're going to the train station is Julian has offered... Uh, Marky Mark and Zoe Deschanel to come with him to his mother's house in like New Jersey or something, just out of yeah, the Princeton, out of the state, think, or yeah. is it in Princeton? Yeah. So no, no, his wife is. Princeton. His wife goes to Princeton, but regardless, it's yeah, to get him out. Yeah, she's out of there. So they decide because of the panic, they're like, "Yeah, let's get out of here." They jump to the train station and continue to have the most awkward interaction, like even. It, well, his daughter is also weird. Yeah, his his daughter's a little weird. Jesse, Jess, Jess, I think. But yeah, just the inter- interactions of Zoe Deschanel and um, Julian don't make any sense because she immediately knows that they don't like it. Like it's a weird. Because well, what did he say that spawned her to know? Like, oh, they talked. Like oh, it's he does good say for you something. to be here now. Oh yeah, or something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah, it's and then good she's that like, you, oh, you talked. But our problems are our problems. And I wanted him to go, then, baby, why are we talking about it in the middle of the train station? Yeah, she also pulls the classic movie thing of the, can we talk about, can I talk to you for a second? And they step away, like, two feet. Yeah. Everyone would still be able to hear them. This That needs to be a, we'll talk about this on the train, we'll go off on our own. This <laughs> needs to, like... John Leguizamo gets, like, frustrated with the conversation and drops his bag on the floor for to say something passive-aggressive. I don't know. And then he's awkwardly... He has to put his daughter down to then put it back on his shoulder to then pick his daughter back up on his way onto the train. Oh, yeah. He he wanted to stand up for his boy. I think that just confirms that Julian was the worst character in this movie. In <laughs> he might opinion. be. I, but I love John Leguizamo. I cannot say his last name right. Leguizamo. Said the sloth. God, Sid the Sloth. That's how you say it. As a math teacher, I wanted to like him, but I mm. I just couldn't get behind some of the decisions that he makes. But all, all of his lines were going towards future payoff or whatever. It's like, oh, we're going to bring statistics up later to be emotional. You know? Yeah. Like, nah. I thought it was, I thought it felt forced. I agree. So, but another jump, too. They're on the train. And they're not sitting together. Yeah, they're not sitting together because everyone's mad at each other. I'm mad. Everyone's killing themselves, and I'm mad at you. <laughs> so while they're on the train, though, is when we get the the lion video. No, the lion video is later in the in the diner. We get the Joey call of the tiramisu. What you were talking about? Yeah. Zoe Deschanel finally answers the phone because Joey won't stop blowing up that phone because Joey's desperate. We've all been there though. We've had tiramisu with a girl. And they haven't called us back, and we're like, "Listen, I you terribly eat- miss you." <laughs> Do you think it's a metaphor for M. Night <laughs> and his audience? That he's desperate? That he's Joey and that his audience is Zoe? Zoe Deschanel? 
And Maybe. all we did was watch this is, Sixth that's, Sense. That's deep. That's some deep thought process. It's a cry going. for help. And a, we're it just, is a cry we're for just help. We're just laughing at we're it. We're ignoring it. Right. right. And then while they're on the train, we every now and then it, the movie will cut away to different parts of America or different parts of the area they're we in. We found out it struck Philadelphia. Right. And yeah. we find out it strikes Philadelphia by a, a cop who apparently knows every cabbie in, in Philadelphia. Immediately walks up to the guy. It's like, a little chilly out here, Tim, huh? It's like, yeah, Officer Beatty. It's like, why do they know each other? <laughs> but yeah, that cop, that cop probably goes out the most peaceful way of everybody else. It, they kind of hint that one lady stabs herself in the neck with keys. What? I don't know if you caught that. It's, it's, she's walking her dog. And she's taking the keys out of her pocket. Yeah. And the next time we see it, we only the, see the dog, and, and the, you hear weird stab noises, yeah, and the keys and the drop. Keys are bloody. And then that cop just shoots himself in the head. But where in the head? Yeah, he shoots forward. The forehead. That's kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think that might have been just a an effects thing where they didn't want to have to deal with like because if you do the like the mouth, you're gonna have to do the whole like blown out. It's not like we didn't do that later in the movie. That's true. And even the next, even the cabbie shot himself in a better place. But that's what I want to talk about. I actually really like how many people it just. <laughs> everyone just keeps picking up the gun and it drops, slides further down, just passing it around, offing themselves. It's pretty. It's pretty dark. And in any other director's hands, it would have been really sad and dark. But I kind of laughed. Yeah. That's why I got the R rating. That's why. That is why I got the R rating. Just the idea of. How do we make this uh, intense? How about we just have people kill themselves? That's a good way to guarantee an R film, right? Yeah. Because that's how he sounds in his head. I don't know if you ever heard M. Night Shyamalan's internal. It sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Jelly, too, Red. You don't know. You haven't been there. So when we go back to the train, though, uh, people are hearing about it, hearing about the Philadelphia attack, and Mark Wahlberg, again, is confused. He's like, it happened in another park? What park was it? <laughs> He's baffled. Um, again, it doesn't... And Do you remember what his eyes look like? You gotta see it, Alan. You just, you just gotta. gotta. <laughs> it's those eyes. <laughs> you just gotta see it, Alan. You just gotta. But, you know, the train stops. Everyone's forced off. And the conductors, all in their great uniforms. I love the train operator's uniforms. Are having, like, a team meeting... And, uh, so professional. Very professional. And Mark Wahlberg is the only member of the train who's like, you know what? I'm going to go ask somebody J- what's Jim, going on. Why is, why is the train stopping? Oh, yeah. They said, what is it? It's we stopped all travel for right now. And then we've lost contact with everyone, which that's bullshit. Like maybe you've lost contact with the, the main station. You're not going to lose contact with the world. They made a... At this point, I'd like to start pointing out all of Mark Wahlberg's terrible lines. Oh, gosh. There's a lot. There is one here. Uh, I think he says, I wish I could do as good of an impression as you can. Uh, but he has <laughs> the conductor. <laughs> he says, uh, why are you giving me one useful? <laughs> why yes. are you giving me one useless piece of information at a time? Because it's exposition, bro. Yeah. Oh, my. It's so bad. I honestly, some of his lines, though, he has a line later where I think those lines weren't written. This is legitimately Mark Wahlberg's response to the script he's given. It's just the, what the hell is happening? Why am I in this movie? <laughs> I signed up for this. I like that the whole 
train goes to this diner. The whole train. The <laughs> whole train. That's got to be like 150 people. And they're all going to this small diner. I'm actually excited for the diner owner. That's probably the best day they've had. And the last day. Ooh, deep. What a way to go out. So, but while they're at this diner waiting for something, I don't know what they're waiting for. I would have kept moving. But I like that Mark Wahlberg has to explain to a child what a mood ring is. Like, she's not like an infant. She's definitely seen a moon ring by this point. Yeah. And this is this is so bad. But he's she trying to cheer so her sh- up. <laughs> yeah, she, she's they're so sad. Yeah, she's so sad because she thinks her mom's dead. And uh, Mark Wahlberg puts it, uh, like, puts it on her finger and is like, oh, it turns yellow. That means you're going to laugh soon. And he's just, like trying to get her to laugh. I would have loved it if she just burst into tears. <laughs> it's just Mark Wahlberg being like, I misread that situation. She really <laughs> comes over and she's like, her mother would try to get her la- to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but how incredible, because the build-up for it is like, oh, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. I know it. And she just starts bawling, just awkward. Just Julian's Ooh. the worst. I've got to say, though, that, that <laughs> I think that's pretty worst. smooth of Mark Wahlberg. Like, I kind of want to try that on a date myself. I think that would get a girl to laugh. Oh, saying that you're... G- Telling the girl you're gonna laugh. Yeah, it with the moodering. Like I used to it do works. that. Well, okay. So my little brother Luke, he used to do that um, when people were mad at him to get them to not be mad. He'd be like, "You're gonna laugh, but you're gonna do it." And you know what? We would end up laughing because it's all in the delivery. <laughs> it's all in the delivery. delivery. He sold it. He did. I guess he. I guess he sold it. So in movies, sometimes I like to think, "What is the scene?" that the actors had to act to Audition? get that part. Yeah. And you um, think that's it for the girl. Oh, for the girl. Cause that is the best. She's sad. And then she laughs. Like that was the best emotional response that she had the entire movie. That's a, <laughs> like, really? Like, I think, no, that's I, it. I think it is too. Poorly I, delivered lines. And she didn't say anything in this. She just, yeah, she was very she. quiet. I think Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel's was the talking through the pipe later in the movie. I bet they put them in two separate rooms with a walkie-talkie where, like, act like, you know, you're talking through a pipe, and then they deliver those lines. They're like, ah, it's not going to get any better than this. Let's just, we'll cast them. <laughs> the hard part is when, like, one person is acting, and then the person they're interacting with is just reading it off the page. Yeah. And so after this, we see a stranger go up to Mark Wahlberg and oh, and, and show, show the lion video of lions eating some yeah zoo eating the trainer and on an iPhone one. I'd like to point out. Oh, I didn't catch first that first generation iPhone. Yes, but I remember be- this was one of the scenes <laughs> I was quality. as gross as this is. As I was excited to see this because I wanted to see if they'd show it, and then they show it, and it's not yeah gory. Like that's not how a lion would tear you apart. No. It would be gross. This looked like uh, Monty Python, it like did. arm falling yeah. off, like tis a scratch. Even <laughs> even the you see his, I guess his right arm or whatever, kind of being ripped, quote unquote, and it just gets a little red spotty yeah. before it cuts away. Very disappointed. So many cutaways in a, lot a of cutaways. movie that totes its arness. Yeah, they. This is a light R. I if it if really he had is. if he had argued it. If he truly argued it with the MPAA or whatever, he could have gotten PG-13. I think any other thing besides suicide, I think you could show the same amount of violence and it not be suicide. Oh, and then you get the PG-13? It's like, ooh, suicide. Because there's no language. No one curses. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, well, Mark Mark Wahlberg does when he's like, later, why why can't I get just a goddamn second? Oh, yeah, he does say that. Give me one second. Yeah, it's, that's a horrible impersonation. <laughs> right, but it, but they're at the they're at the diner. Mark Wahlberg has just been shown this incredible viral video, probably from Live Link, 
because <laughs> that's where you find Lovely. that stuff. <laughs> World star hip hop. <laughs> World star <laughs> hip hop. But obviously the news comes on again because we need another exposition More drop news. to let us know that this situation is spread and that these people are in the center of what's going on. So everyone panics and leaves. And I didn't think about this until you pointed it out a little while ago, but they all get into cars. Yeah, they're all leaving the diner. Everyone has a car, and they were just <laughs> on the train. How, yeah, how did they get Everyone but the main characters yeah, have a car, yes. 40 cars leaving. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm probably going to do a bad job of explaining this, but I had to rewind it and watch it twice because Mark Wahlberg tries to stop that one car and is like, you're not just going to leave us here. And he drives off, and then... <laughs> that car pulls up, but that car, the next car that pulls up that's going to give him a ride, as it stops, Zoe Del Chanel just goes, oh, there's a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's like, oh, really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe but that was her line she had to say in the audition. In the audition. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a car. Mm-hmm. Sell that to me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they're going to ride with the, he's a, uh, what do you call those people? Arbors or whatever that grow plants and trees. He explains what he does. So they're going to ride with him, but John Luis Amos, he's like, no, I got to get to Princeton. That's where my wife is. You know, I got to make sure that she's okay. Take my daughter. This is a huge, this is a huge responsibility. This, this line, is <laughs> the line that he says, it's like, don't take her hand unless you mean it. Oh yeah. To Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That's a harsh, that is how he says that so, is harsh. Julian is the worst. <laughs> I would like to reiterate well, that. That needed to be a Zoe De- Deschanel needed to be like, bitch, maybe you need to be a dad and stick with your daughter. Well, right. the what heaviest, the hell? That was to me the heaviest line in the whole movie. Probably. Cause who's, who says that Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel are going somewhere safe? Why can't he just take his daughter with him? Well, I, I was just questioning this whole thought process. Not to because mention, we know that Princeton was hit, right? Right. We don't know that where Mark Wahlberg's going has been hit. And so he's like, I don't want to take my daughter down the road. You can. And then I, we're potentially going to orphan her. And you are now her godparents. Get right. ready. And, yeah, that's that's the other like underlying thing is John Lewis almost is basically saying, hey, you now have to take care of my child. I hope you're ready for that. Peace. Well, and the car that he's getting in has no patience. They Zero about patience. They four times. They're like, they almost leave without him. <laughs> and uh, so... <laughs> so Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, and their newly adopted daughter yes. <laughs> hop in the, the car where we get a little bit of an exposition drop where the driver's really hitting the plant thing home, just saying, like, plants can do this. Did you know? Honestly, I was thinking about the plants thing, and I know, Peter, me and you joke about this a lot. This actually would have been an incredible secret Batman movie. If the entire time this shit's happening, and they're you're like, wait, plants are doing this? And all of a sudden, one of the news stories is... Uh, Poison Ivy, or like Batman is currently fighting Poison Ivy on like Gotham Square. Da, 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 da. Like, how crazy, that crazy would that be? If that, or that's just how it ends, where it's the stuff goes away and you don't really know what's happening. And then the movie reveals that Batman has captured Poison Ivy. And you're like, oh, that would be an M. Night twist. That would that be would. an amazing twist. Because there's no twist in this movie. There isn't. It's very, very weird. But yeah, so one way to make that mo- this movie better, that would be secret amazing. Batman movie. And so why this driver did have an interesting occupation, I, I found his love of hot dogs more interesting. I agree with um, him, though. You don't love hot dogs? I mean, he says, what does he say? They have a, a cool they shape. Get a bag. Yeah, uh, they cool, yeah, cool <laughs> uh, shape. Protein, full of protein. Um, underrated food. Yeah, he says they get a bad rap, but I kind of nodded. I was like, I agree with that. I enjoy I a good hot, hot dog. They focus on the hot dogs too much. That's way too much of this story. 
that's going into hot dogs while he's also touching this explaining plants. yeah touching his plants explaining that plants can do crazy shit uh, this also then jump cuts to John Lewis Amos in the Jeep. And this is honestly, in my opinion, one of the coolest shots of the movie that could have been so epic if it wasn't a joke of a movie. And it's them driving to that town, and then you just see the people hanging from the trees. Yeah. That was a really cool shot. <laughs> but this is also probably the hardest I laughed in the movie because that girl and the, the girl in the back seat starts flipping out. And Julian's response is, do you want to know a rat- math riddle? <laughs> you know what's funny about that riddle is I use that exact riddle no, in my math didn't. class. Yes. I wrote down. I was <laughs> like, John, have you heard of that riddle? I taught. It's all about exponential growth. Oh and I use that exact riddle in my class. You would have $10 million. And you hadn't even seen this movie yet. Oh, right. man. Wow. I, John, why did you not give us more math riddles as when you were teaching? That because bums me out. I wouldn't have known any of them. You guys are not willing to learn. I, I try to Whoa. teach you guys I, lessons. I think Peter could have gotten some of them. I love to learn. Uh, I, I want to teach you guys more than math. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gosh. You want to be the cool teacher. You want to <laughs> teach us about what happened to the bees? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read New York Times, man. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Julian's trying to calm the girl down while all of them are holding. Because they're in a soft top Jeep which is what you want in a toxic event. <laughs> and they're holding down like the window stuff to be like, not let any of the toxins in. Cause obviously Princeton is, has been hit and uh, there's a tear in we the roof. Something. Yeah. He's like, what the, <laughs> he looks up and he's like, ah, someone stabbed the roof. Right. And then the car just comes to a stop and then gets to about 60 miles an hour, probably like four seconds. Pretty good for a Jeep. It just nails that tree. Most of the passengers die except for Julian. He was wearing a seatbelt. Oh, he was. So then he walks out, grabs some glass, and just kills himself unceremoniously. I, I guess. Cuts away. Yeah, cuts away. And Julian is now out of this movie. Pretty like, and I guess we're supposed to assume the mom's out too. We never see her. We never hear her. Right. You know, this is a metaphor. You know, moms just aren't there anymore these days, guys. Yeah, it's not just dads. <laughs> it's not just dads. They'll never jump in when you need them to. Oh, man. Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> so when we get back to uh, the other group of Zoe Deschanel, Mark Wahlberg, and their new adopted daughter, they come to a crossroad where an army jeep comes up, and it's private such goober. and such. Private goober. Or Oster, whatever. He delivered. I mean, why on earth? This guy runs up, asks them what's going on, and then he explains that back at the base they've been hit and all these people are dead and then the barbed wires and stuff. And he and he asks if they came from a place that's safe. They say they weren't. And he it's just a goes comedic moment. Cheese and crackers. Cheese, yes. Yeah. I and he's like, well, at least he goes cheese and crackers. Well, there's at least two more roads. Yeah. On cue. <laughs> more cars pull up. <laughs> I'd like to suggest that if you look at the IMDb, this movie is partially listed as a comedy. No, it's, no, it's uh, not. It's comedy, sci-fi, and horror. I think that's kind um, of And I would like to suggest that Sergeant Goober really brings in the it comedic is. relief. It's to this listed movie. as comedy, yeah. sci-fi, thriller. Oh, that's got to be a post. That's got to be a, well, this movie's ridiculous. We'll call it a comedy. But can we appreciate that a military man said Jeez cheese and crackers? Cheese and crackers. Oh, my gosh. If there was a time to drop an F-bomb in an R-rated movie, you give it to that dude. 
That should be the name of our punk podcast. R-rated movie? Cheese no, cheese and crackers. Cheese and crackers. Well, that sounds like a wine tasting thing. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> not, no, not like, cheese and crackers. Like you're saying, though, Peter, all the cars pull up, and it's everyone being like, we just came from such and such. They're everybody's dead. the street. <laughs> the humanity. But they pull out a map, and for some reason, Mark Wahlberg and uh, now Soldier Boy here are in charge of everybody and are deciding what to do. Well, the the woman is on the phone with her daughter. Oh, my So God. funny. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Just like, just stay near the window, near the tree, honey. Oh, she's so, she's, she tells everyone who's watching, oh, she's so scared. She's so scared, honey. Just, just oh. stay by the window. And then Mark Wahlberg, he's like, no, no, tell her, don't go near the window with the tree. T- go out and tell her. And yeah. he's like, honey, honey, don't don't go near the window with the tree. This man I just met said, don't do it. Oh, but uh, so. Honey, why are you talking funny? As soon as that happens and you know that girl has committed suicide, Mark Wahlberg grabs the, the phone from her. Oh, my God. How do, how do we? And then he's like, I don't know what happened. I just hear wind. And I want to be like, Dumbass, you're outside. You could just be hearing the wind outside. No, but I, this is just a moment where I, I wanted so badly for Mark Wahlberg when he took the phone from that woman who you, the mom would not give up the phone that easily. But I just oh, wanted to be so like, Stacy, it's Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> just talking to your mom. Is, yeah, say hello to your mother for me. Is Princeton okay? My friend John's there. Or Julie's there. Oh yeah, because his friend is his in Princeton. His friend was like, "Oh, they're talking about Princeton. Isn't that where a friend went?" That's yeah, why we get over. That's to why the we get over to the phone. But it's incredible. I just because she before she kills herself, she starts just going calculus, calculus, calculus. I think a lot of people have been there. I think so. <laughs> but my math, my last math class, I think at a certain point I was like that. I was just frozen, just calculus, calculus. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg called me. Hey, Mark, it's Mark. <laughs> I just hear the wind. Oh, man. That's, it's after that when they, they decide they, or they realize that the, the toxin or whatever is targeting larger groups and that they need to, need to split up into smaller groups, and, uh, which in, I wouldn't even stay with the group. If I was Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Chanel, and that child, I'd be like, oh, that's a good point. We're leaving all of these people. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, I'm not thinking of myself. I'm thinking of this little girl who my best friend has just left with me. So honestly, I think that was a plot device to force stuff like that. Uh, It's like, oh, we have a child. Because how many times do they say, we have a child to try to get things? And they have a child, but they gain two children. Oh, yeah, they gain two children. That's pretty awesome. Because when they uh, they split them into the groups, and they in their group... They get those two added children. Josh and Jerry, I think, were their names. Right. Oh, I guess we're skipping ahead a little bit because the when they split up into the one group, uh, they get a they leave first, and then the second group's behind them, and the second group is bigger and gets hit by the wind that's carrying the toxin, or whatever. We lose botanist guy. Yeah, we lose botanist Supposedly. guy. Supposedly. <laughs> well, actually, this is I got the effect he was going for, but I laughed because it's they're over the hill and you can't see them. And Mark Wahlberg hears the first gunshot from the soldier who's having a meltdown and a straight rip off a full metal jacket. His whole moment, they're like, my sidearm is my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> but 
while they're trying to decide what to do and Mark Wahlberg's telling everybody to calm down and they need to think about this and he's doing the scientific method, you just keep hearing gunshots. It's just, (laughs) pop, give me a second. How do you think about what's going on? Pop, everyone calm down. It's got to be the plants. Pop, they might all be dead over there. Pop, like it just keeps going. Amazing. It's, It's hysterical. But that's the that's the point where they gain the two kids because yeah. the rest of the group runs away and they're all running in different directions to avoid the wind and they come upon a model house which this is literally the most pointless part of the movie. God, their Nothing lines. happens. Their lines. They're looking for food, and okay, and the one of the kids, um, he's like, man, they all left in a hurry, and then he goes, all, all their, their stuff, stuff is fake, and then this, so does this guy still think people lived in this house, and then left. Yeah, that's weird. Like they all they know all this stuff is fake. They would know what a model house is. Right. And the one of the kids, okay, when I saw his face, I was like, Wow, he looks a lot like Abigail Breslin. Right? And then he is his her brother. Yeah. And I because I didn't recognize him from the kid. Yeah. He just looked an awful lot like Abigail Breslin. What and a there, reference. There yeah. he is. Josh. It's the the white kid, Josh, uh-huh. is his name is Spencer Breslin. Huh. Crazy. Learn something new today. Yeah, and we all learn something. I think in this scene, too, another adding to the comedy genre here, Mark, Mark Wahlberg has one of his best lines in this scene. Oh, they're talking to the fake plant? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're just here to get some food for the little girl. What does he say? He I is terrified of that plant. Uh, he looks around and realizes there's a plant in the room, and he says, I'm talking to a fake plant. Well, yeah, and when he realizes it's fake, he's like, dang it. If it was really, might have kept doing it. Is so. Have we already given? Because um, there's a scene with like he's talking to the two kids, and they're trying to give him like relationship. Advice. No, that's later. That's okay. after they leave the house. Golly, because that's incredible. Because this get is there. this is one of that. We can. I mean, we can jump to that because it's literally they leave the house right after this, and they're walking, and they're walking, and then the kids start asking Mark Wahlberg why he doesn't have any kids, and you know maybe he should communicate more with Zoe Deschanel or whatever. And this is one of the lines I was telling you about where I think it's not written on the script. I think Mark Wahlberg is responding to the movie he's in, which he says verbatim, why are we talking about this? None of this matters right now, which is exactly what is, you don't talk about that shit when the world's ending. But so the beginning of the conversation, Breslin kid, Josh, he looks over and he's like, wow, what kind of a ring is that? Can I see? Hands it to him. And then he's playing with it. They're doing that thing. And as soon as he goes, why are we talking about this? He goes, give me that ring back. That's not a toy. It's not a toy. It's got sentimental value. Yeah. Why? Why? Why are we playing with the ring? Why yeah. does it matter? That has the worst payoff in the movie. Oh, my gosh. So we, we, they walk for a little bit longer, find a house. They make something about, you know, the girls, the little girl's tired and she's only eight and they need to get food. She's only eight? I'll tell you, I walked for like hours and I was tired and my dad was just like, Oh, oh yeah, my parents into the world scenario. I they're telling me to tough it up. We're gonna we're gonna walk for miles. Yeah, but that's just my parents. John's parents didn't let him trick or treat. What what <laughs> would what would you guys have done? <laughs> um. Well, I would like to point out that they're so they're only searching food for the girl. They that's what they, they said, say that's what they keep saying, but it's for right. all of them. Yeah, bunch of I don't I don't even know what you would call people like that. It's like, oh, I'm trying to get food for them, but I'm going to take some too. Liars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so to pick things up a little bit, though, um, they get to this 
shut-ins house or they've boarded up the house and uh, they're not letting them in and they don't, don't trust him first right? oh yeah well they we're looking in th- we're looking inside for a good two minutes i don't see anything hey don't swing on that tree i told her just for a minute oh yeah that's that's weird but yeah so but they finally see people in the house and they're trying to get their attention and they're like how do I know you guys aren't affected? And Mar- Mark Wahlberg starts singing. He's that like, would, look at us. He's like, look, we're fine. We're, we're not, fine. We're not affected. Want to hear a song? Look. My brother Donnie's the musician, but I can sing. Yeah. Good vibrations. <laughs> you know, he doesn't even ask. He I just would, assaults their ears. <laughs> that would have been the moment to drop good vibrations. If, Marky, if Mark Wahlberg had brought back Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch for that one moment, movie would have been a 10 out of 10 for me. I would have looked past everything else. But... The singing didn't work, and those kids... Boy, did it not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Immediately, that kid gets shotgun blasted in the chest. Just boom. Yeah, like the door opens and just... Barrel sticks out. Boom. And then the other kid takes a shotgun blast to the face. And, and I don't understand their whole logic of, like, I don't want to open the door. I don't want to do this because you're going to let the toxins in. But... They had to do it to put the shotguns right. out there. They open it. What so, the heck? And for some reason, they decided to give Mark Wahlberg three seconds to get off the porch, and they didn't give the kids yeah. any time. You know what? They did the they did the smart thing here when editing this that the white kid got shot first because if that black kid had gone out first, whoo, that would have set a different kind of tone you know, for maybe what that's that. That's the M Night Shyamalan twist. He's like in a lot of scary movies, the black guys that go first, but this time there's a little white we'll boy. We'll give him a few more seconds of life. Right. So wait, he and he's holding his hand as he's dying. Oh he's yeah. Like, we're gonna get you out of this. Oh yeah, we're gonna get you out of here. Like, you're dead. Yeah, he's dead. And they're they're so emotionally attached to these boys for some reason. Unbelievable. But they so they're they start they start running away and then they find another house. There's a lot of just random houses they come There's across. Nothing around here for miles. Right, and they come across this shut in lady who's super crazy and they that took this movie to a weird direction of uh, is this going to turn into like a misery thing or some other thing or like we going to forget about the world apocalypse that's going on because for some reason this woman has no idea what's going on yeah she's just a hermit and uh, like her husband's dead we guess or i doubt she had a husband no there's the picture on the mantle Uh, that we see it's like he's in the military uniform i wouldn't want to marry her yeah, Jones. she's got a creepy ass doll in her house because they so they're having dinner. Like at first she seems who's nice. Chasing who? Oh, yeah. The whole who's chasing who. But they invite she invites him in and seems really nice at first. And then the first sign of treachery is a immediate. I'm getting the hell out of the house because the girl reaches for a cookie and it's not like, a, oh, dear, don't do that. You know, you'll ruin your dinner. She smacks this little girl's hand. Just hits her. So I'm not defending the action. I'm just saying that it's happened to me. By a stranger? Which side were you on? Which side were am I on? Right. Were you doing the hand smacking or no, was your hand being no. smacked? My hand was being smacked by an elderly lady because I was, re- you know, it's like you got your hand in the cookie jar and you shouldn't. It's not yours. You didn't ask. Another <sighs> metaphor from this movie. That it goes a lot deeper than we initially thought. <laughs> But we're we're for like this is this is about fifty minutes in. It's weird because this is like this is the end of the movie really is when it picks up because it turns into the the whole 
old woman starts acting weird, being like, you guys are just here to steal my stuff. I hear and, you talking. Yeah, murder me in my sleep. And that's when Mark has his best line of the yes. whole movie. That I didn't realize before I saw this movie that that's what that meme is from. Or... Uh, that the, when she wait, says, which one? She says, are you, are you planning on stealing something? He says, no, ma'am, we're not. Are you planning on murdering me in my sleep? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. He's like, what? No. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. But, and then she just walks away. Yeah. That's a mic drop. Are you going to murder me in my sleep? Just leaves. I don't know. Are you? Yeah. I'm not sleeping. If that's me, that's the door's locked. I'm in a chair in front of the door. Just, I'm guarding. Like, you guys sleep, I'll watch. That lady's going to come kill us. But they wake up the next, or Mark Wahlberg wakes up the next morning uh-huh. alone and uh, can't find his wife or new adopted daughter. And <laughs> goes downstairs. Old woman still acting crazy as shit. Yeah, we, we see, oh man, what a fake out. We see feet on the bed. And we're like, whoa, who could that be? And we don't know until he's over the bed and we see it's a doll. And he's like, Which he would have known lady. as soon as he opened the door. Right. I don't know why but we had we, to do a tracking shot. And then, yeah, weird old lady is like, you're in places you shouldn't belong. Get out of here. Yeah, get out of my house. And he's like, I'm a science teacher. Yeah, that's that's pretty diffusing. She's <laughs> like, oh, it's okay. He's a science teacher. That's what I do. Yeah, because she... I'm a math teacher. Yeah. She so <laughs> lets she, me yeah, do whatever I want. So she runs out to the garden, and then we see the wind thing happen that's prevalent through the movie, and... Um, Oh, she starts walking backwards. She starts moonwalking like the rest of them, and I see her feet. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts just headbutting windows. Yeah, which Mrs. Jones, <laughs> Mrs. Jones, what are you stop. doing? So honestly, that's not an effective way to kill to yourself. Kill yourself? No, that just hurts. If anything, it came across as if it was trying to make the plants get to Mark Wahlberg in the house. Yeah, the plants like, were oh, using the woman to 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 bring the house down it's like oh this place can't be used to hide in now all the windows are broken because yeah. she breaks a bunch of windows right and he runs down to the basement and oh i guess we kind of skipped over so this house is supposed to be really old and used during the underground railroad era and there is a shed out back where we find out zoe de chanel and the little girl are because they're just kind of like wandering around the property and in that shack, there's a tube that connects all the way to the basement of the main house that you can apparently talk through. It's a talking tube, the classic talking tube. Yeah, do you guys remember those on elementary school playgrounds? Yeah. Yeah, I remember those. They were the weird tone and there's ones. Like, there's a spot in Congress. Yeah, it's I, in the Capitol building, Yeah, I think. the whispering. Like, I can whisper. Yeah, because of the, the shape of the, the... Acoustics. Yeah. But... Yeah, so then we get the long, what I think was the audition scene of Mark Wahlberg confessing their love no, to each there other. There was through an the audition for Mark. It there, was yeah, it was written for, for him. But yeah, <laughs> they get the whole confessional scene of like, oh, they love each other. And we find out the history of the mood ring, which is that he bought that mood ring for her on their first date. Which immediately makes me wonder, why the hell does he have it? Shouldn't she have it? It was like she was going to throw it away and he goes, no, let me keep it. It has sentimental value to me. Right. Like if he had brought up the story of a mood ring earlier and then she pulled it out at some point in the movie to be like, uh, I still remember our first date. I still really love you. It would have actually meant something. But for some reason, he's holding on to it and she doesn't really seem to give a shit. But yeah, so they confess their love and are like, I don't want to die alone. So they leave the safety of their shed, and uh, they run and meet each other in a field. But just at that moment, this epidemic ends. 
And I'd like to point out, they made that decision really fast. They, yeah, they did. They took less than 30 seconds to decide that they were going to walk out and, you know, ultimately kill themselves. But Right. And you, why aren't they thinking of the little girl? They have know, to take care of the girl. They brought her outside. It's like, well, yeah. I'm making this decision for her. She's coming out. Like, Mark Wahlberg needs to be the man there and say, hey, I hope I see you on the other side. You need to take care of her. Don't do anything stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little girl. So my th- my thought in this particular scene, if he was just trying to get to her and she's at the shed, take a deep breath in the house. And then breathe run. while you're good. Because it's, it's true. You're inhaling it, right? Yeah, you I just think. go in. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. Like, the two old ladies... Um, when they're knitting and watching the oh, and they're in the gas mask. Gas masks on. That's a pretty funny scene, actually. Yeah, like they get it. Just don't breathe it in. Right, but it, and how it ends, it's just because they kind of hint at the news throughout the whole movie that this could end just as quickly as it started and all that, and so we're supposed to believe that that it just ended as quickly as it started, but it makes it seem like true love conquers all, because as it, soon as they re-embrace, it stops. Well. According to the timetable, when exactly it stopped, it was like 30 minutes before they actually went outside. Because it tells you the time, and it was close to 10 a.m. the next oh, morning. Oh, so it had already there, ended. It like, and what made it stop, supposedly, at 9.27 a.m.? And my question is, how do they know the start and stops times of this event? Yeah, especially this if happening? everyone's killing themselves. They knew the exact, to the minute, when it started yeah, and when it stopped. And I that didn't was weird. That one. Uh, that's just them guesstimating, I guess. Uh, but after the event ends, you fade to black and you think the movie's over. No, we get oh. a quick little epilogue of little, little, little girls egg. going going back to school for the first time. Anybody? Anybody? Avatar, Last yeah. Airbender. Ooh, wow. Ooh, his next the movie. next. Wow. Allons-y. Vive la France. No, that's after this. Yeah. We're I'm talking like, about we're talking about Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, we're not even done with that yet. Remember, he you just want to get to the French. Yeah, Zoe Deschanel's setting up for her first day of school since the schools reopened. Yeah, three months. So and uh, and she asked her like, "Are you okay? I mean, I know both your parents are dead and all that stuff, but yeah. like, you're feeling okay?" And he said, "She says yes, Auntie. I love you. I love you. I love you, Alma. I love you, Alma. I love you, Alma, Alma." And then Mark Wahlberg's just going for a stroll. I guess I don't know why he's walking around, but while he's walking around, we find out, oh, Alma's pregnant. So additional, Marky Mark are gonna have a baby. So earlier. When Mark admits to the kids that they don't have a kid because she wants him to grow up. Oh, yeah. Because then like he cuts himself off. He's like, why are you talking about this? Do we assume now that because he's grown they overcame up. the apocalypse? So he does. And I was like, yes, you've grown up. That'd we make can, me grow we up. We can have child now. Yeah. What color do you think the mood ring would be to it, like for somebody to be pregnant, to be ready to have a child? Um, two strips. Two strips. <laughs> That's what it was on the thing. <laughs> right. But so, yeah, the last shot of them is them hugging in the streets because they're so excited. They're all pregnant. Everybody's pregnant. And, uh, and she looks so adorable. Yeah, so adorable. And then it, it. Oh, no, there's one more news story of the guy explaining that this is just a precursor and that it might just be a warning of things to come. Yeah. And then. And, we won't, and he quotes. Well, I say quotes. He re emphasizes the student from the beginning's answer to why the bees disappeared. It's just an act of nature, and we may never understand why it happened. Right. Who says that. Wow. And, and then, John, we go to France where we see two dudes talking about a party, and then <laughs> it's just the, it's the 
Central Park scene from the beginning just with two French dudes in, I don't know, do you know what park that is in Paris? It looked like no. it looked like Versailles for a second, but there were way too many people there. Yeah. So I don't I don't really know my French territory very well, but but why is it happening in parks? <laughs> but why is it happening in parks? Maybe because fucking people are there. Like God. Regardless, and that's what the movie closes with that cliffhanger of maybe there'll be a sequel. I don't think there's going to be a sequel, boys. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> there's not going to be a happening too. Um, let me let me look. Oh my gosh. There should be. There should be? Are yeah, you kidding should, me? There should not. And when the credits hit the screen, that gives this movie an official runtime of one hour, 25 minutes, and 39 seconds. It felt and a lot you know, longer. you know, that's a short movie. That movie felt like three hours because nothing happens. You could, cut out, you could cut out so much of that movie and still have the same plot. Yeah. It's just, oh, and my what gosh. They do, I say they, what Shyamalan adds to try to make plot like their relationship, I, I didn't understand it at the beginning, which I understand can be the point. You know, ooh, we're gonna give you something to kind of tease out while the movie's still going. I didn't understand it at the end. What was the problem before? Because he asks, "Who's Joey?" and she's like, "Just some friend from work." Later, she admits to having, you know, Joey was a mistake. So somehow, in their odyssey, they must have talked about Joey off screen. No. Well, there's that really weird, bad joke that Mark Wahlberg makes later where he's like, hey, I got a confession to make. I went to a pharmacy. Yeah. And uh, was a there, was a cute, there was a cute pharmacist really, there. Really, really cute pharmacist. And I, you know, I asked her where the cough medicine was. I didn't even have a cough. I almost bought it. Yeah, I almost bought it. Six dollar <laughs> arbitrary. It was, yeah, it was no joke cough Completely medicine either. or whatever. <laughs> and she's like, please tell me you're joking. And he kind of like nods. Thanks. I kind of hoping he was serious because that's hilarious. <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like so many things in the movie come out of nowhere, leave just as quickly as they came in, and you go, why? Like the movie, movies are not very long. So everything that happens, especially this movie, I was going, why did that just happen? Because there are just some things you can't explain. That we'll never understand. <laughs> why this movie was made. Oh, my gosh. We yeah. just had to make an R-rated film. Yeah. Because guess what? He hasn't made another one. No, Devil. He made Devil. That Devil was R. Devil wasn't R? No. That was gorier than this? Devil? Yeah. No. no there no, was no, blood no. all over the bottom of the elevator. Yeah, but it, like, we have... Um, Devil might be one we need to... Uh, yeah, Devil will be one I, I would openly visit, because I still think one of the funniest video or theater viewing experiences was we were seeing Inception. Peter, were you with us when we saw this? Yeah. It was in high school, and uh, we're in Inception, and the trailers are playing, yeah, and the trailer for Devil starts playing, and everyone in the audience is like, ooh, this kind of looks scary. Yes. And then it says, at the end of the trailer, it goes, from visionary director M. Night Shyamalan, and the entire audience went, oh, yes. like one loud Everyone groans together, and then when we, everyone realized they groaned, we started laughing. Everyone starts laughing oh, through the rest of it. It was incredible. A great moment. But yeah, Devil's... Devil's. I would watch Devil twenty times before I watch this again. This movie is awful. So that's my final take on it. Final is a pass for Mark. Hard pass. And if if you like this movie, I want you to write in and explain to me why. I understand some people enjoy movies that I don't enjoy. I understand that that happens. But this is a movie you have to explain to me why. 
because other bad movies I can be like, okay, you know, it wasn't my cup of tea. It could be somebody else's. This is a you need to explain to me. John, what's your take? Uh, I have to say pass as well. Um, it had a lot of promise with the trailer. There's a math teacher that I can thought I could relate with, but <laughs> Julian really let me down. Um, if you were looking for a comedy with a, like to be very quotable, a lot of memorable lines from this movie, um, I would still say pass. Yeah, this <laughs> is not a pass. quotable movie. Not Outside a quotable of cheese movie. and crackers. I don't know. I think the most cheesy crackers and the... You guys read about this in the New York Times? <laughs> the bees, they're gone. <laughs> Where'd the bees go? No. <laughs> <laughs> my, my impression's so bad. Open up, jackass! We're trying to get this girl some food. Oh gosh! But so, Peter, your your take? Golly, cheese and crackers. <laughs> <laughs> cheese and crackers. Golly gee, guys! I like. We're, we will go with. If you have nothing else to do, might as well watch it. No, do your taxes. Do something productive. <laughs> Yeah, I get, yeah, pass. <laughs> Hard pass. A detriment to society if you choose to watch this movie. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing redeemable about this movie. Oh. Okay, so... It's a higher budget Birdemic. Ooh, that's a good way to put that. I would have wa- preferred to watch Birdemic. I was actually thinking about Birdemic half the time while I was watching this movie. It also has an environmental message. It does. That one's a little more on the nose. It also has a visionary behind it. Oh, I'd, more on the nose. Yeah, it, it name drops Al Gore, but... This one is so bad. I was too. waiting the for that stacks, line. The two smokestacks. That I was wrote teeth. that down. So you know what I thought about though. Just wrapping this up. Teeth. Teeth. Yeah, I, I thought that too. Same smokestacks. Same smokestacks. It's the same town. <laughs> I'm happy we had that. Thought. Oh so man. Yeah, yeah. Three passes. I'm definitely. I definitely thought at one point in this movie someone would go, "Wow, what a great movie! An inconvenient truth," <laughs> and just sell the birdemic thing all the way. That might be a state like us. We watch later. Um, yeah, we need to wrap it up. We're running out of time. Uh, if you want to write in and let us know if you enjoy this format that we're doing, kind of free flow. We're Still working a, out the kinks. Yeah, we're very in very much a beta phase, so feel free to be critical. You can write into us at tmftpodcast at gmail.com. Too much free time. Oh, that's so cool. Too much free time podcast. TMFT podcast at gmail.com. Singing TMNT, uh, not to be right. confused yeah. with the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Teenage we're not the Ninja Turtles. Freaky Turtles. Or you can follow us on Twitter at the handle at TMFT podcast. Uh, let us know if you like what we're doing, if you want us to make these longer, shorter, whatever is on your mind. Um, and if you really did enjoy this movie, I want to know why. Give me reasons. I need them. I need to know why this movie doesn't have a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. All right, that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, I've I'm Mark Burris. I'm Peter Blankenship. <laughs> I'm John Girdler, and we have too much free time. See you next week. Bye.